James Hetfield, Seek and Destroy Metallica, because we aim to seek out and destroy corruption on all levels. What's happening with the global pandemic coronavirus? We just ended with Zachary Voorhees, former Google software engineer, whistleblower, and patent holder. He turned over a 950-page cache to the Department of Justice in August 2019. He says Google is a very corrupt company. Okay, uh, the powers that controlling Google definitely trying to steer the former election, the one that just passed with Clinton and Trump. Okay, so much was talked about the Facebook in uh, Russia uh, 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 manipulating those elections. Uh, Zachary Voorhees, as a uh, I think he said seven years uh, at Google as an engineer, uh, he knew uh, firsthand. Uh, what Google was doing to uh, manipulate your search queries and push information like uh, uh, cancer uh, uh, medicines, natural cancer medicines, to the very back of your search query results. Hmm. Who's controlling the powers that control the powers that control Google? April 15th, we'll be hosting Gerald Posner, okay, former Wall Street uh, attorney. Uh, actually, three of his books have reached the New York Times bestselling list. Okay, And his 800-page newest book totally obliterates and destroys and attacks, very deep attacks, on the pharmaceutical industry in the United States. Okay, we'll be bringing him on April 15th. Next week, Dr. Bandy Lee uh, of Yale will be joining us. Um, actually, former guest, but we'll be re-airing her. Uh, well, we bringing her on, re-hosting her, rather. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. Uh, she's the leading violence. She is a leading violence expert and forensic psychiatrist and president of the World Health Organization. Quote, we are speaking out at this time because we are convinced that is a time of possible impeachment approaches. Donald Trump has the real potential to become ever more dangerous and threat to the safety of our nation. Uh, I don't take political sides. I just dig. Okay? And that's what I encourage you to do. I think both political parties in this country are completely, to use that word again, corrupt. Um, apart from her MD, uh, Dr. Lee also has a Master of Divinity from the Yale Divinity School. Um, so she'll be joining us next week. That'll be at the 5.15 mark, p.m. Eastern Standard. And following at the 6.15 mark, W. Craig Bill Reed will, will be joining us. He spent 10 years researching Putin and the early life in the KGB exploits of his career. Uh, his newest book he'll be talking about. And by the way, he is a New York Times bestselling, so we have two New York Times bestselling authors on uh, Discuss Your Truth next week. Uh, Red November. 
uh, hit the New York Times bestselling list, and he'll be talking about his latest book, Deep, July 2020, and also uh, Spies, Spies, sorry, Spies of the Deep. He also wrote uh, Cold War Three: How the U.S. Navy Can Defeat Putin and Halt Climate Change. So we will be uh, concentrating on Spies of the Deep, uh, and then also uh, addressing Cold War. Cold War Three, Cold War Three. All right, so that's next week coming your way. That'll be followed in uh, two weeks by uh, Gerald Posner, um, and then later on this month, uh, Avi Drorsch, who's written the book "Thou Shalt Innovate." Okay, very very important. Our right? innovation, of course, uh, one of the cogs, a uh, key cogs to any productive uh, society. Okay, we started the show today at the three o'clock hour uh, uh, by hosting uh, former Director General of the. Uh, health ministry in Israel, uh, Dr. Um, Lass, and that's L-A-S-S. So, uh, coming your way here momentarily, I believe he's standing by uh, for us, the, uh, the, the editor, if you will, and uh, main blogger of uh, The Economic Collapse blog. Uh, Michael Snyder will be joining us here uh, momentarily. Uh, he has an undergraduate degree in commerce from the University of Virginia, and a law degree from the University of Florida. Uh, he also has a uh, LLM, that's a, uh, a Master's of Law, uh, from uh, that same school, uh, University of Florida. Uh, he has worked for some of the largest law firms in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, in addition to um, running the economics economic collapse blog.com. So, bringing him on right now, you've tuned in to Discussions of Truth, uh, this is Windwood One, Miami Radio. You can also listen to us every Wednesday, or me, or us, or whatever you like. Uh, uh, every Wednesday, uh, again, typically at that 5 o'clock hour. In the past couple of weeks, uh, we have been bringing special editions in. Uh, special hours, uh, to, again, today starting at the 3 o'clock mark, and uh, the week prior at the 4 o'clock mark. And that is because of demand regarding uh, what is happening right now globally. Um, so typically, Wednesdays at 5, uh, that's Eastern Standard Time. Uh, donate to the program, stopmassmedia.com, buy a t-shirt. They're very high-quality cotton, very comfortable. Uh, and uh, go right now to um, Barnes & Noble online or Amazon. Go to Barnes & Noble. Type in my name, that's I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R, and pre-order right now, Freedom Reserved, No More Lies. Trying Day Publishing, release date, April 23rd. Michael Snyder, coming your way. Hello, this is Michael. Michael, Ian Trottier, welcome to Discussions of Truth. How are you today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Well, moving along, moving along. Uh, you are following a former... Well, a current Google whistleblower, Zachary Voorhees, and we opened up today with uh, the former uh, Director General of the Health Ministry in Israel, Dr. Last, to address the uh, coronavirus. So we've had uh, quite a show today uh, with a uh, number of great guests, and uh, you're the tail end, sir. Uh, happy to have you join us, because right now, um, certainly not in our lifetime uh, has this country seen what is likely coming a very disturbing economic reality. What is your view, uh, Michael, on what's happening uh, economically in regards to the coronavirus? 
Yeah, well, right now, approximately 75% of the entire country is under some type of a shelter-in-place or stay-at-home order, and much of the globe is under the same thing. So what we're seeing is literally the entire global economy shut down at a pace like we've never seen before. And so now the Federal Reserve, in fact, the St. Louis Fed this week projected 32% unemployment by the end of the year. Wow. We just saw last week, and we're going to get new numbers tomorrow, but we just saw last week more than 3.2 million Americans filed initial claims for unemployment benefits. That not only broke the old all-time record, but it was more than four times higher than the old all-time record for a single week. So we're seeing literally millions of Americans lose their jobs at a pace like we've never seen before. And literally, as the economy goes from, you know, pretty good, pretty stable, literally plunging into a, not just a recession, but literally, in my view, a depression. Meanwhile, the financial markets are melting down. Last month, we witnessed the four largest single-day point crashes in the history of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Even today, the Dow was down 973 points, which was the 10th largest single-day point loss in all of all of history. And to put that in perspective, back in 2008, the financial crisis then, the worst day for the Dow Jones Industrial Average was a, a decline of 777 points. So what we've seen, for example, on March 16th, when it fell 2,997 points, that was more than four times larger than the largest single-day crash we witnessed during the last uh, financial crisis. So we're in unprecedented territory right now. It's absolutely insane. And literally, we witnessed, in terms of the stock market, go from all-time high to a bear market faster than at any point in history. So the speed and ferocity of this stock market crash has truly been unprecedented. I mean, we're in territory that I mean nobody knows what, what what where we're headed next and the longer this pandemic lasts yeah. the more people are going to lose their jobs the more the market's going to fall the the worse things are going to get yeah, this is this is incredible. Again, uh, Michael Snyder uh, uh, runs and hosts uh, main editor at the Economic Collapse Blog dot com. And by the way, uh, Michael Snyder has a uh, undergraduate degree from Virginia in commerce. He also has a JD from the University of Florida, and also a, a law uh, master's of law from the University of Florida. Uh, so it, 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 you seem to have been studying uh, numbers and law for for uh for a little bit of time here um uh, michael what is the unthinkable here i mean i i like the fact that you've equated this to a possible depression because i mean i don't know much about the economics and the history of the united states but you're looking at these unemployment numbers. This is unprecedented. You've basically, the virus, and we'll get into that in a little bit and your thoughts on that, but you've, you've basically inserted a virus into uh, the economic, the main economic engine uh, of the world, and that's arguable, I suppose, but uh, you've ground the U.S. economy to a halt. Um, what's the unthinkable out of this? Yeah, well, you know, uh, according to a survey that was just taken, 11% of all companies in the United States have already laid off workers, and wow. 49% more are thinking of laying off workers in the next three months. So, we're, I mean, we're talking, I mean, during the Great Depression of the 1930s, you know, the unemployment yeah. rate got into the mid-20s, and so if we're talking about potential 30% unemployment, like the St. Louis Fed is warning, we're talking about unemployment numbers that are worse 
than the Great Depression of the 1930s. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're and, you know, a lot of, and it's not just people that are employed, but small businesses. I mean, look at the restaurants. All over the country, restaurants and bars are shut down. And most of them, most restaurants and bars are just barely scraping by month after month anyway. So, I mean, if you're talking about having to be closed down for a month or two months or three months or four months, you know, you're talking about financial ruin. And then even after they say, okay, go ahead and open back up again, you know, are people going to want to go back to restaurants? Sure, some people will. But a certain portion of the population is going to look at it and say, hey, I'm still scared of this virus. I don't want to go to a sure. restaurant. I don't want to go to a public place. And so that's going to continue to depress economic activity, for, uh, especially for, for uh, gathering places such as restaurants and bars. So many of these restaurants and bars that have closed down now, they're never going to open back up again. Yeah, that's a good point, and and I think that bank repossessions are probably going to skyrocket. People will be unable if the unemployment continues. People are unable to pay their mortgage, pay their rent, pay their bills, and that includes some of these business owners that you're talking about that are kind of doing a month to month type financial model because they're just not generating enough income. Uh, they're not going to be able to pay their rents or their or their mortgages. Um, is this an attack, Michael? Is this an attack on the American middle class? Well, it, it, it's certainly going to be absolutely devastating for the American middle class, just like we saw in 2008, you know, where all of a sudden people lost their jobs. And because, uh, uh, you know, survey after survey has shown most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, over 50 percent. Some of the surveys show 60 percent more. But most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So all of a sudden you don't have a job, you don't have an income, you can't pay your rent or you can't pay your mortgage. And all of a sudden, like in 2008, we're going to see, you know, uh, you know uh, mortgages go bad at a, a pace that's absolutely astounding. Meanwhile, you know, uh, businesses, small businesses, retailers can't pay their rent. We're seeing this all over the news now. And so they're talking about a commercial mortgage meltdown like we've never seen before where, okay, the, the, the banks and financial institutions are not getting their money, so they go bad. I mean, we're going to start seeing dominoes fall uh, at, a, at a pace like we've never seen before. Um, but then also, I mean, you know, coming into this thing, we didn't learn our lessons from last time around from 2008, where consumer debt was an all-time high. Corporate debt had doubled since the last financial crisis. The debt of the federal government had more than doubled since the last financial crisis. So we were literally looking at the biggest debt bubble in the history of the world, the perfect setup. I mean, we were so vulnerable. And then in the, earlier this year, stock market set all-time record highs. But in terms of the ratios, whether it's price-to-equity ratio, I mean, uh, price-to-sales price ratios or price-to-earnings ratios, they would never been higher in all of U.S. history. In other words, stocks were more overvalued mm -hmm. in January, February than we've ever seen before in all of U.S. history. So the, it was the perfect setup for a fall, and all it was going to take was was a something to, to prick the bubble. And and now that's happened, and uh, and all the dominoes are going to fall. Our system is not designed for adversity because everyone is so massively over-leveraged. Everyone is so massively in debt. When the dominoes start to fall, they're going to keep falling for a very long time. Uh, Michael, speak a little bit about uh, the recent uh, agreement between the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury. Who's retaining the power here? Is this giving the Federal Reserve power over the U.S. Treasury or vice versa? How do you how do you interpret that? Well, I see 
it as they're working together because the Federal Reserve is, is now doing things that they're normally not allowed to do, but they're, you know, the, the, uh, the Treasury is giving them power. And, and essentially what they're doing is they're working hand in hand, working together to flood the system with money. Because what happened is kind of leading up to this crisis, the economy was already starting to slow down and the Federal Reserve had cut rates uh, uh, several times. And I was like, uh, don't do this. You're using up all of your ammunition. Yeah. And so then, boom, this thing hits and the Federal Reserve immediately, you know, whatever was left of pushing interest rates before they did. So they're out of uh, ammunition there. So what's left is that they can just do what they do best, just flood the system with money. So they said, we're restarting quantitative easing. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're doing all these things we've never done before in conjunction with U.S. Treasury, kind of working together, basically. And that's what we're going to see. And we saw this bill in Congress just spending trillions of dollars we don't have. The Federal Reserve just flooding the system with money. What this is going to do eventually is it's just going to cause inflation like we've never seen before. I mean, for those investing in silver and gold, it's going to be great news because silver and gold are going to go way up in my estimation in, in the days ahead. But in terms of average Americans, middle-class Americans, this is going to be very, very painful because, uh, you know, in a, in a crisis situation, what is their demand for? Well, we've seen people raiding the stores for toilet paper, right. buying the frozen food, things like that. And the demand for food and basic essentials is going to be very, very high at a time when the, the, as the economy shuts down, the production of and, and the creation of goods and services is going to be contracting. Meanwhile, the system's flooded with money and increased demand for basic essentials. All that adds up to tremendous inflation. So we're going to see food prices rise dramatically. Prices for other essentials go up, and that's going to hit the middle class really, really hard. I mean, people might be excited that they're going to get a check from the federal government soon, but I think people you know, are going to ultimately realize, wow, you know, that's not actually great news because the system's being flooded with money and their cost of living is going to go way, way up. Yeah. Does this, does this basically just make government even bigger than they already are? Does it give them more power, uh, more jurisdiction, more authority? Is, does this just simply uh, feed into uh, the, the government and take away from people, if that makes sense? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it massively increases the power of government. And during any crisis, we see this. We saw it in 9-11. We've seen it in other times of crisis where all of a sudden something happens and the government says, we want more power. We want more security. We, you know, we want and, and uh, you know, unfortunately, most but most Americans aren't uh, uh, pushing back against this. You know, to me, you know, everyone's just saying, oh, yeah, we're going to get some free money from the government. But right. really, in reality, it's just hardcore socialism. And there was one member of Congress, Thomas Massey, who said, well, well, hold on a second here. Okay, maybe we need to do something about this coronavirus, but look at all this pork in here. Look at all this unnecessary spending. Look at all this debt we're piling on future generations. Look at how this expands the power of the federal government. So one, one, only one member of Congress voted against it. And then members of both parties just ripped him to shreds and said he should be expelled from Congress and everything. Wow. Else. So, I mean, basically at this point, no one's really standing in the way of this massive overreach and massive expansion of the power and scope of the federal government. And I think that's very unfortunate. I like the fact that you talked about uh, socialism. I mean, you, you inserted that word. Uh, is, is, is that where we're headed, in your view, in, in this country? Uh, or are we already there? Sorry. Sorry. Well, at, at this point, at this point, we are already there. But it, you know, it, we're we're 
rapidly going even further down that road. I mean, you know, you know, as the Democrats were were running for, you know, we had people like uh, Andrew Yang saying, "Oh, we need to give everyone a, a dividend, uh, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, every month." You know, or Bernie Sanders was like, "Let's give everyone free stuff, free college for everyone, free health care." And people are saying, oh, that's socialism, that's socialism. But then this crisis hits, and all of a sudden the federal government is showering people with money, you know, giving just, uh, you know, giving everyone all this free, free. And, 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 you know, and, but now all of a sudden everyone's like, yay, socialism, yeah, go, go, go. Um, you know, it's very, very unfortunate. And see, th- eventually this pandemic is going to pass, although it's going to be here for a while, it looks like. But in terms of the, the movement, how the needle is moved towards socialism, that's not going to be so easy to reverse. No, and I think it's 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 it, I, I think it's it's devastating. It's politically devastating, uh, possibly to 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 this country, and certainly economically devastating. What are your views uh, and thoughts and comments, opinions on the coronavirus? Yeah, the, uh, you know, I started writing about the coronavirus back at the very beginning because I had identified that, hey, this thing is very, very dangerous because, you know, it, it passes from person to person so easily where, you know, they're, they're saying that it can stay on surfaces for days. In fact, one study uh, they, they uh, conducted in, on the Diamond Princess found that the virus was still viable on surfaces 27 days later. Wow. And they didn't know if you could still infect people at that point. But, uh, you know, that was extremely alarming to me. Um, and so, and, and you know, the, the, the way that, that it's, uh, you know, and in fact, you don't even have to be around someone with the virus, you know, to, to pick it up. You can just pick it up off of surfaces and, and how it's spreading so rapidly all over the world. Um, I think this thing's going to be big, big trouble if it gets loose from China. And then, of course, it did. And so, and and we're seeing now, you know, just uh, you know, more than twenty, twenty thousand, uh, more than twenty thousand cases, uh, new cases in the United States today, where the where the world leader is, it's in every state, virtually every community across the country. And as long as the numbers keep going up, and as long as it keeps spreading, this economic downturn is going to persist, yeah. and it could be for a very, very long time. In fact, yesterday it came out, and the, Donald Trump said, hey, up to 240,000 Americans could die by the end of the year. And if that is anywhere close to accurate, I mean, we've, we just crossed the 4,000 uh, mark in terms of the death toll. So he's saying the death toll could potentially get almost 60 times larger by the end of the year. And if that is anywhere close to accurate, we're not going to see America reopen for business anytime soon. Yeah, what are the most alarming aspects of this coronavirus? What what are the things that stick out at you? Stick out to you at most? I mean, you, you've already mentioned a few in regards to uh, being able to uh, pick it up just off of things on the surface. Uh, but what what are some things that 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 stick out at you in regards to? Okay, wait a second. This just this this isn't right. Yeah. Well, one of the most alarming things to me is that how it, it, it's hit the severe cases. When you look at the severe cases and the survivors telling their stories, it really goes, it targets the lungs. It just goes straight for the lungs. And people have described blinding pain for weeks. They've described where it feels like there's constantly glass just, just inside their lungs, cutting their lungs, and their lungs fill up with so much fluid 
that they can't, uh, they can't, it feels like they can't breathe constantly, where they feel like they're suffocating for day after day after day. I mean, it, 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 it's an experience of almost like hell on earth is what many people are describing. And, uh, you know, and these are people that have actually eventually got through it and survived. So they were the lucky ones. So it's a really horrifying experience to go through. And so that's one of the reasons why it's causing so much fear, because they're like, I don't want to get this. And then if you bring it home, you you know, one person gets it, you bring it home, pretty much the rest of your family is going to get it just because of how easily it spreads. So it's it's causing a lot of fear and right now fear is the biggest thing because fear is what is shutting down the economy and the globe and and ultimately we don't know where this came from we you know we we know that it first emerged in china and it first emerged in a city where they only have the only biosafety level five lab in the entire country right. of china is in wuhan where it first emerged so we did it did accidentally get out of a lab was it leaked from a lab was this crea- uh, virus created we don't know but it's extremely contagious it, 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 it for the severe cases it can be extremely deadly and extremely painful and it's something that nobody should want to get so i'm encouraging everyone to stay home as much as possible and uh, i personally am staying home as much as possible because i definitely do not want to uh, mess around with this virus so you've got people self-quarantined, self-isolated, stay at home. Um, economically, it's like you can't do anything because you're not allowed to work unless you're classified as being essential. I mean, the trucks have to move, the farmers have to farm. How do you, how do you, how do you keep somewhat of the infrastructure going? People have to eat. Uh, you know, they, they, what do you, uh, what do you suggest? What can people do from the confines of their home to be productive? Yeah, and that's a, that's a real trick. I mean, fortunately for myself, I'm a, a writer, and so I can continue doing what I do from home, but most people are not in that position. So it's a, it's a heartbreaking decision because most people are like, I, well, I've got to go to work and make a living, and a lot of people can't work right now because of the shutdown, but eventually people are saying, hey, if I can't work, I can't pay my bills. And so at some point, people might have to be like, well, the husband might have to go and, and stay somewhere else and, and work and potentially catch the virus while the, the, the family stays home, and, and they might have to be separated for an extended period of time so the, the rest of the family doesn't get the virus but i mean it really is a heartbreaking situation you know and, and, and you know people are and, you know can start small businesses at home and do what they can but you know most people they they're dependent on their jobs and that is a very very tough situation so i, I can't pretend that it's going to be easy and really nationally the, the the decisions that our leaders are facing because they've either got to sacrifice the economy or see lots and lots of people die. Now, right now, the shutdown orders, we're seeing the rate of increase in terms of number of cases and number of deaths. They're still going up here in the U.S., but in other countries, they've started to level off a bit. In the U.S., even the rate of increase is slowing down, which tells me that the shutdown orders, the shelter-in-place orders are starting to work. But the bad news is then if we lift those orders and everyone just starts circulating again, we're going to see another explosion in cases. So really, the only way to get this virus under control would be to have the entire country shut down for 28 days or longer. At the same time, that the entire world is shutting down simultaneously for 28 days or longer. And of course, we're not going to get the entire world to agree to do that. So 
eventually we're, what we're going to what we could see is okay we have a shelter in place is lifted then people start circulating again and then boom we see another wave and then there's another you know more panic and then what do we do do we shut down again i mean so i mean this thing could just be going up and down up and down multiple waves for an extended period of time and it looks like what this virus is going to be sticking around for quite some time which is very very sobering yeah, talk a little bit about gold and silver. You'd me- you'd mentioned that as far as an investment uh, 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 view. Um, the uh, certainly certainly you look at a national debt of twenty three trillion dollars. Um, you know, outside of the U.S. Treasury, outside of the Federal Reserve, uh, you've got a very volatile economy on many regards. Um, but, but get into your view on gold and silver. Uh, you 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 actually uh, suggest. Would you? Would you? Are you uh, suggesting listeners uh, uh, get into gold and silver? Uh, well, ultimately, people need to make their own decisions. But in terms of gold and silver, a lot of people have been wondering what what, what was happening because initially, okay, this thing hit and the stock market started to crash, and gold and silver started going down at the same time. And people are like, "Well, wait a second! I thought during a crisis time, right. gold and silver should go up." You know, so like because because we saw saw gold and especially silver. Silver just tanked. I mean, it was at one point it was down around twelve dollars an ounce, which is just crazy. Um, but, you know, that happened because initially when the stock market crashed, economic activity started coming to a halt. People said this is deflationary, which is true, because if it, with minus the intervention of the Federal Reserve and the federal government, a, a, a financial crash and a, a severe economic slowdown is deflationary, which would be cause all assets to go down in, in price, including gold and silver. However, then, of course, the federal government, the Federal Reserve, as we've already talked about, now they're working together. Now they're saying, let's just flood the system with money, you know, to try to do whatever we can to try to uh, prop up the economy. Now that, of course, is highly inflationary. So as soon as these measures started being announced, we saw a gold pop. We saw silver pop. It's now over $14 an ounce. And as we move forward, the federal government and the Federal Reserve are just going to keep pumping, 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 because that's really all they have left to do, all they know how to do. And so that's in in the long run, that's going to be really good for gold and silver. But as we've already talked about, it's going to be really, really bad for middle middle class Americans because the cost of living is just going to get ridiculous. Now, the economic collapse blog, will the will 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 the American economy, will the U.S. economy, Michael, in your view? We've already drawn a parallel to uh, the Great Depression. Uh, We're looking at unprecedented numbers uh, of unemployment. We're looking at a shrinking uh, middle class, uh, possibly obliterating the the middle class. Uh, That's a harsh word to use. But uh, could this possibly, do you see uh, the U.S. economy collapsing because of this? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. In fact, just today, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, they were talking about uh, on the news, a, a, they used the word collapse of the oil industry in Texas. As uh, you know, in fact, Rick Perry used that word collapse to describe the, what's going on with oil, as the price of oil has just uh, you yeah. know, gone down the tubes close to $20 a barrel. Um, But literally, I mean, even if every shelter-in-place order was lifted tomorrow, the fear of this coronavirus is going to last for a very, very long time, and people are going to stay a lot more in their homes. They're not going to be going to shopping malls or restaurants, as we've already talked about. 
So, I mean, already we're going to see a long-term behavior shift for a long time to come, especially in terms of public places moving forward, and that's going to shrink economic activity. And our system, because of how vulnerable we are and how leveraged we are and how everyone's so much in debt, you know, we can't afford any type of economic shock. We are in a position where any, if anything went wrong, just all the dominoes were going to start to fall. And so now that the dominoes are going to fall, businesses fail, financial institutions fail, et cetera, et cetera, on down the road, um, that's just going to create more fear and more panic and more of a contraction in economic activity. And then what's going to happen is lenders are going to be afraid to lend money. Sure. They're going to get really sure. tight. And so they're going to approve fewer mortgages. They're going to approve fewer car loans. They're going to be like, we don't want to make risky loans in this environment. But see, our whole system is based on debt. If you want to buy a car, you got to go into debt. If you want to go to college, you got to go into debt. If you want a home, you got to go into debt. And so with that, you restrict the flow of credit, like we saw in the last financial crisis. That just accelerates the economic downturn. So you know, we're kind of created this self-feeding loop, which. Uh, I don't know how it's going to be corrected anytime in the near future. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of the projections which people are talking about, which, uh, you know, record high unemployment, right? You know, all these things, um, you know, if we, what we are, and, and I've been warning about economic collapse for a long time. I mean, we've been so vulnerable for a long time. It's just something, some black swan event was going to come along and burst the bubbles. And when that happened, it was just going to create this this cascading effect worse than 2008. And, and, and uh, you know, so, yeah, ultimately, I believe that we are headed for complete and total economic collapse. Right. So so even if America went back to work tomorrow, even if, and you're, we're not looking at that, we're looking at a, a month two months we're looking at long term here uh of a complete uh a shock and standstill to 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 the to the u.s economy but if if it stopped today perhaps you're definitely looking at a recession we're mostly most likely looking at uh again a depression what happens here uh michael how does the u.s get back on its feet or does it well, I don't believe things are ever going to return to the way they were before. In fact, and the way we, we, we were living before, it was completely unsustainable. Yeah. There was, uh, people were talking about prosperity, but it was debt-fueled prosperity, fueled by the biggest debt bubble in the history of the yeah. world. So I don't think we're ever going to be able to reinflate that debt bubble to the uh, extent that we did before. I believe there will be ups and downs, and there will be waves of pessimism and optimism, and times when it seems like, okay, there's some hope or things are getting a little bit better. So we're, we'll see some ups and downs. We'll, you know, every, every, you know, nothing goes to the bottom in a straight line. But overall, I think we've, we've set in motion now the bursting of the everything bubble. We've set in motion a cascading series of events, and, and we've, we've created so much fear that uh, and, and, and fear is the biggest killer of all in terms of the economy. And, uh, you know, I, and ultimately I don't see, and, you know, and, and, and beyond that, you know, I believe we've entered a time, and I keep using the phrase, the perfect storm, where it's not just going to be the coronavirus, but it's going to be one thing after another after another, um, you know, where we're talking about things like natural disasters. Right. We just had a magnitude 6.5 earthquake in Idaho yesterday where we're starting to see our planet shake like, uh, you know, like we've never seen before. There's so many things, so many elements right now 
Our, uh, armies of locusts the size of major cities are just consuming farms all over Africa and the Middle East, all the way into China, where they, they get to a field and they're, they're wiping out an entire farm in 30 seconds, these, these swarms of locusts, where we're going to see famine across much of the world you know, in, in the months ahead because of, of these armies of locusts. I and mean, so many things that I write about all the time on my website yep. are starting to happen simultaneously. Um, I believe that not just the U.S., but all of the globe is, is headed for a very, very uh, alarming time. You take one of the wealthiest, according to Forbes, you take one of the wealthiest men in the world, top three typically on an annual basis, Bill Gates. He's a software engineer. Yet now he's inserted into the health uh, care uh, uh, conversation, and he wants to insert vaccines into this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but what, what what's caught my interest here and, and, and raised an eyebrow is that he would like to microchip people with those vaccines. What are your thoughts on uh, Bill Gates? And, and again, this alludes to uh, a company that he's behind uh, called ID2020.org. What are your thoughts in regards to uh, in regards to the vaccines uh, and microchipping uh, microchipping people? Well, I, it, it greatly alarms me, and this is another thing. Whenever there's a crisis, then all of a sudden, then the elite can push forward their agenda to an extent that they want it to do in normal times. And of course, it's very very interesting that uh, you know Bill Gates, and you know he had been warning about the coronavirus for a long time, and, and an organization that he helped to fund had conducted an exercise which looked at what what a coronavirus could potentially do just months before this broke out. And so, but Bill Gates has been warning about this all uh, for a long time, but now all of a sudden he's out here with this potential solution. Right. And I'll tell you what, no one, no one is ever putting a microchip in me, I'll tell you that, you know, because uh, this is something that we can never, never accept. We can never accept. And, of course, you know, those that, uh, you know, are, are take a look at the, the book of Revelation or that type of thing where people are saying, I don't want anyone to put a chip in me. You know, so um, I don't think the American people are going to stand for it. But ultimately, there's so much fear out there. A lot of people are going to be saying, hey, we want a way to, to be able to tell who's gotten the vaccine and who's safe and who's not safe. And, and one of the easiest ways is, hey, if we can put a chip in everyone, we can right. tell who's gotten the, the vaccine and who hasn't. And, you know, and so there's going to be a, a cry for that because people want to feel safe. And so they're willing to give up liberty, willing to give up security in exchange for safety, although that's never a good exchange uh, in my view. So very, very alarmed that Bill Gates and others are, are pushing these sorts of draconian measures and advocating for them because I think it's very, very dangerous. Well, let me let me let me insert this, uh, Michael, uh, in the conversation. I, I began this part. This is the fourth fourth year uh, we've been doing this. I began this because of the Zika. Uh, you, uh, you may remember that in South Florida, the Zika virus uh, uh, epidemic, uh, I'm calling it. And, and what I found was interesting to me, uh, Michael, it was interesting as I found the, a Rockefeller connection to uh, a patent on the Zika virus that was developed in 1940 uh, or discovered out of a, a monkey in 1940s Uganda. And then also the Rockefeller owning the majority of the shares of Chevron Chemical Corporation, which, uh, which uh, produced a, uh, a pesticide. Um, in the 1950s called Nailit. And so what I found was a link, the, the Rockefeller link between Zika and, uh, and, and Nailit, the, the, the pesticide. Uh, and then that set me on a, on, on a road to a, a guy named Anthony Sutton out of Stanford, 
um, who got into uh, researching Prescott Bush uh, and and the you know the banking that predates. I mean, goes back decades and decades and decades. Uh, that possibly this could be coming to a head here from these malpractices in the banking systems. Uh, I, I I don't know, but that's basically where where I start. And what's also interesting here, Michael, is that this ID20.org. Um, is uh, it's 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 funded. It's backed by Microsoft. Uh, I don't think it's uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I believe it's backed by Microsoft, um, which makes sense because uh, my, uh, the 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 microchip would be a uh, a, a digital device. Um, but it's also backed by the Rockefeller Foundation. So if we go back, and this is what I talk about on the program, if we go back over a hundred years ago and we look at uh, some of the 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 pies that J D Rockefeller had his hands in uh you know he the health industry uh all certainly the oil industry but he was he was making money just like warren buffett does or any investor he's making money on so many different levels but then where where's the where's the ethical line in 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 regards to making money uh, what's your what's your thought uh, when do you, tell listeners a little bit about uh, uh when you started the economic collapse blog when was it first in your career that you thought hey something's not right we're we're on a we're on a we're on a road to uh to collapse yeah, well, it's interesting So how so many of these same names, whether it's Rockefeller, Bill Gates, uh, you know, so many others, they keep coming up, you know, a, a, a associated with so many of these uh, crisis moments. But I, if you go back over a decade ago, I was uh, actually working in D.C., Washington, D.C. I was actually a lawyer, you know, and uh, working in D.C., but I was about as anonymous as you could possibly get, just concerned about what I was seeing around me, yeah. concerned about the direction our nation was headed, and you know, and at the time, you know, people were, you know, we, you know, a financial crisis had erupted and people were losing their homes and they were losing their jobs and they didn't understand what was happening. And so in late 2009, I started the economic collapse blog and it really took off because people said, well, you know, they knew they weren't getting the truth from the mainstream media. And at the time, the alternative media was really starting to blossom, really starting to bloom. So it really took off. And, and since that time, I've been, you know, uh, writing there and also end of the American Dream.com, the most important news.com. And, and uh, since that time, our, web, our websites have been viewed uh, well over 100 million times over the years. And so and, and we hear from people all over the globe who write to us and are thankful for the work that we do. Um, but over the last few years, you know, uh, you know, people have been kind of lulled into a sense of uh, false sense of security. The stock market goes to all-time record high. You know, uh, Donald Trump got elected, and that caused a lot of people to think, well, nothing's going to bad is going to go wrong as long as Trump is in the White House. And you know, all these things, although our long-term problems uh, kept getting worse, the bubbles kept getting worse, and the, the elite around the world kept uh, advancing their agendas. So. You know, I kept warning people, hey, you need to get prepared. You know, uh, you know, all this is coming to a head. It's coming to a crescendo. And and uh, and, and and now it's starting to break loose. And here we are. And and at this point, you know, I, I once wrote a book called Get Prepared Now that I co-authored. Uh, but now, you know, it's basically too late to get prepared because, you know, with this virus, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to run out to the stores. I'm going to stock up on toilet paper. But you've got thousands and thousands of people running through the stores, some of them which have the virus, which you can right. live on surfaces, which can live for days. And so if you want to get the virus, a really good way to do it is to go to the big stores. So, you know, at this point, I'm encouraging everyone to stay home. And, and, and you know, a lot of people 
they they didn't do anything to get prepared for any kind of a crisis. So now they're looking and their food's running out. They're, they're like, I'm not going to have toilet paper in a few days. What do I do? So um, unfortunately, a lot of people didn't listen. But, you know, and what we're experiencing now, unfortunately, I believe is just the beginning. Michael, very well said. Uh, what is, is some is, as we dwindle down here uh, with a few moments remaining, what is the uh, what's the key thing that Americans do once, like you said, once this pandemic does uh, blow over, once things kind of go back to a working norm, because there's economically an economic norm is going to take uh, perhaps years to build if it ever even is it comes to a normal reality that we once knew. Uh, but what is if Americans can salvage? Uh, this republic that they've inherited of democratic values. What is, because I, I also believe that this is a direct attack, and I've used that word again twice, uh, because I, I, I looked and looked at alternative views and angles on the introduction of the coronavirus uh, into uh, civilization, uh, whether it was by chance, nature, or uh, a, a leak, or purpose, or whatever it may do. I like to consider all angles. Um, what is something that Americans can do uh, uh, to... Uh, to, to save the country that they've had. Again, I'm using a very harsh conclusion that they need to save it, but on so many different angles, we're in uh, corruption on, on, on banking and pharmaceutical. Uh, we had a Google whistleblower on the last hour. So many aspects of a life are, uh, are just corrupt. Uh, I believe that the, the, the politics in this country are corrupt, corrupt. What is something that Americans can do to help save uh, their country once this blows over? Yeah, I don't think you're exaggerating one bit, because when I was running for Congress a couple of years ago, I openly told the voters, I said, if America stays on the same path that we're currently on, there isn't going to be an America. So in order to turn this country around politically, we need to return to the values that this country was founded upon. I mean, we're talking about free markets. We're talking about capitalism. We're talking about freedom and liberty and the, the Bill of Rights and the, 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 all the values enshrined in the U.S. Constitution, which people, not, not only I mean, the Democrats abandoned all that a long time ago, but even the Republicans are trampling on. Even the Republicans are embracing socialism. Even the Republicans are embracing all sorts of evil that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine. So, I mean, politically, we need a 100 percent reversal from the way that we're headed and with the way demographics are shifting and the way that the young and young adults in particular are overwhelmingly embracing, you know, socialism and, and, and yeah. just about everything that goes counter to what our founding fathers believed. That's going to be exceptionally different, difficult to do. And we need to win hearts and minds on a, 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 a scale that would be truly unprecedented. Now, beyond that. Our problem even more is spiritual, where this country needs to turn around and seek God and repent and, and turn from our wicked ways and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and, uh, fo and, and, and follow him. Um, but meanwhile, our country is, is turning uh, their backs on the Christian faith like we've never seen before. So, uh, you know, there, the, the, the solution is there and the hope is there, and, and all we have to do is stop doing the things that we are doing and start doing the things that we should be doing, um, unfortunately, and, and hopefully yeah. this crisis and the things to come, because a lot more is coming. Yep. Um, yep. But uh, right now we're Sorry. not on a good, good road. 
<laughs> Sorry about that. No, I just I was just agreeing with you. This is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, this is uh, simply the very early stages. I think of the epidemic or the pandemic, uh, and 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 also this uh, what seems to be a an economy that's going to. Uh, Going, going to, going to collapse. It looks that way. Uh, 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 ladies and gentlemen, uh, Michael Snyder, the Economic Collapse blog. Uh, Michael, uh, some some parting words for for listeners. I mean, I mean, you've 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 given a nice uh, a nice uh, 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 ending there, but uh, maybe there's something else uh, left uh, that you'd like listeners to know. Yeah, you know, all over the country right now, you know, we're seeing people commit suicide, people plunge into depression. But you know what? I just encourage everyone out there. God is in control. He knew about all this in advance. And he has a plan not only for our country, but for you individually. And he can bring us through this. Yeah, the road ahead is going to be very, very challenging. But don't give up hope. Keep fighting. Keep hanging in there. And most of all, turn to God, because that is where hope is to be found. And God we trust. Uh, thank you, Michael Snyder. We look forward to keeping in touch and inviting you back on the program. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, sir. The economics, excuse me, the economic collapse blog.com. Uh, that's one of, it sounds like three websites uh, that uh, Michael runs. He's had well over 100 million views uh, in his uh, now what, 11, 11 year history. Uh, he's got some great content on his on his site. Very knowledgeable. Again, he's got a uh, master's of law. He's got a JD and also uh, an undergraduate degree uh, in commerce from the University of Virginia. Folks, um, let's hope that this is not too far out of control. That you can't regain the life that you once knew. Uh, I am very suspicious that you, we, the world, will ever see the world as it once was during our lifetime. Of course, we've had many great leaders to walk the planet, um, and our time, not knowing your age, but our time as members of this race is incredibly short compared to uh, the larger scale timeline of other civilizations and societies societies and human beings that uh, have have have, have uh, led if you will with uh, with their work okay um, I don't take sides politically I don't take sides religiously I look at the facts I try to figure out what needs to be done. Um, my view is, so you've got, for instance, you've got two varying opinions on the deal between the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury. You had one from uh, Zach Voorhees, computer engineer, whistle, Google whistleblower, and you had another one uh, from uh, Michael Snyder, editor of the Economic Collapse blog. Okay? And my understanding is that the deal between the Treasury and the Federal Reserve is now given the Federal Reserve, which is a private banking organization. Has it become a nationalized? I don't know. 
what the terms of those deal that deal are. I don't know if it will now be audited. I don't know if its members will now be made public. If those two items on a very outside basis become, again, public knowledge, then yes, in my opinion, it will become nationalized. In my opinion. Or it has therefore become nationalized. Again, my opinion. My understanding and my belief is that those elements will remain private. Therefore, no, it will not become nationalized in that sense of being public and will continue to be a nemesis, yes, a threat, yes, a foreign element, yes, to your republic and therefore not a good thing for any democratic society. I, I'm simply going to read uh, read a quote here. Again, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-R. Here's a recent quote. This is by yours truly. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. It's posted on the Instagram. The Federal Reserve, and this is, again, I'm not an economist. I don't have, any, I don't have a degree in econom- economics uh, in, in any type of form of monetary uh, uh, research or writing. This is simply what I have read, discovered, and found in the four years of doing this program. The Federal Reserve, which is a U.S. central bank, that's a fact, and the mega wealthy, whereas the power elites that own the shares of the Federal Reserve should know. Okay, I'm going to assume again that a guy like Bill Gates, well, Bill Gates, owns shares in the Federal Reserve. I'm going to assume those linked to J.P. Morgan, whatever it may be, own shares in the Federal Reserve, Rockefeller, whatever, own shares in the Federal Reserve. You can, again based on my opening comments of George Washington owning shares of the Bank of England during the American Revolution, whether the Bank of England was was it the enemy, right? No, 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 no. It wasn't an enemy because the Bank of England is not English. It just has the name England in it. It's a Roman institution. Okay, so anyway, the members or the, the, the shareholders of the Federal Reserve should know this, the following. This is my point. That a private central bank, Federal Reserve, is not, N-O-T, not a just enterprise for a democratic society. Okay, Which means the whole economics of this country, which is in a $23 trillion debt, is corrupt. This has been another discussion of truth. I appreciate you listening. Please pass it on to a friend, pass it on to a family member, co-worker, associate, whatever it may be. This is important. You are the answer. And only you can make the change necessary 
to continue with freedom and justice for all. Ian Hamilton Trottier, that's I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R dot com. You can listen to me here every Wednesday on Stop Mass Media or primarily at Winwood Run, excuse me, Winwood One, that's W-Y-N-W-O-O-D-O-N-E dot com, Miami Radio. Until next week with Dr. Bandy Lee and... W. Craig Reed, pardon me. Until then, folks, be safe, stay healthy, work hard, and most importantly, be awesome.